for a long time in my life, prayer was just an item on my to-do list. It happened at the end of the day when I was about to go to sleep. It was boring. It was a drag, if I'm being honest. (laughs) And I started to question why I was doing it at all. I have a feeling I'm not the only one who's had this experience with prayer. Maybe you're there right now. I am bringing some really good news today. Prayer is so much more than a laundry list of requests for God. It can be vibrant and life-giving and life-changing. So buckle up and let's talk about it. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast. I'm Jenny Laurie Hope, your life and health coach. Getting Unstuck is an empowering podcast for women who are looking for a biblical perspective on their life and health challenges. You can expect to hear practical tips for living a healthy and productive life, faith-based wisdom to help you reduce anxiety and overwhelm, and simple ways to reconnect with God and find true wholeness. Happy Tuesday, friends. We are in the middle of a series on building a stronger relationship with God. So first we talked about three reasons why God feels far away. And then last week we talked about what to do when the Bible feels boring. Well, today we're going to talk about what to do when prayer feels lifeless. And that's kind of a scary thought, but that is where I was. Lifeless, it's just how I would describe my prayer life about a decade ago. We were in the middle of some major health struggles, both my husband and me. I was praying for the same things every single night. He wasn't getting better. I wasn't getting better. We weren't seeing results. I was getting frustrated. I was looking at God as this genie and he wasn't granting any of my wishes. (laughs) Pretty terrible genie. So I was moving, I moved into frustration and then that frustration turned into anger. And then I was asking all of the questions, all of the why questions. Why me? Why now? Why this? Gosh, sounds awfully whiny, right? Whiny. Ah. But I was questioning my faith. Fear and doubt were just, you know, my regular companions just all the time. It was a pretty rough spiral. I eventually just kind of stopped praying because I felt numb. And that went on until I got a revelation of the nature of God. I was in a counselor's office reading the Bible. I didn't expect to be reading the Bible that day, but I laid out all my problems to him in a bunch of word vomit for 30 minutes. And then he had me open up the Bible and we read for hours and hours. And it was coming alive to me. And prayer and Bible reading, to me, they can't really be separated if you want either one to be working for you. Because the Bible teaches us about who God is, how we should see him, how we can relate to him, how we can receive from him, and it teaches us how to pray. So if you try to pray with zero knowledge of the Bible, you're probably going to struggle at some point. What does God say about it? So much, so much. But today, let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, 
You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. So Jesus actually starts with what prayer is not, what we shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Number one, don't be a hypocrite. Be genuine. You don't need certain words. You don't need fancy language. You just need to speak from the heart. So keep it simple. Number two, don't use empty phrases. Or another translation says vain repetitions. This isn't a religious exercise. It's fine if you come from a very religious background where there are prayers where you might just be repeating things. That can come from the heart, but sometimes it becomes just an exercise. True prayer shouldn't be a religious exercise. This is a personal conversation. It said, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. It doesn't matter how long your prayers are. Longer isn't better. An hour is not better than 15 minutes. 15 minutes is not better than five. It's not a contest. (laughs) This is not a spiritual beauty pageant (laughs) where you need to pray longer and harder So you don't need to be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. So you don't need to inform God up in heaven of all your problems in laundry list form. He is aware. He is all-knowing. So it's not that you can't ask for things, ask for healing, ask for what you need. He does teach us to ask for that. But it's not the primary purpose of prayer, and it certainly shouldn't be all you are doing. So if your prayer feels lifeless, start by asking, are you doing those things? Are you being a hypocrite? Are you, are you praying in a different way than you normally would talk to somebody? Are you using a bunch of empty phrases and trying to just fill up the space with words? Are you just doing a religious exercise that has no heart behind it? Are you trying to just pray for a certain amount of time just for the sake of spending that much time? Are you just vomiting out a laundry list of requests like I was? Once you get some awareness around what not to do, that begs the question, well, what what am I supposed to be doing? (laughs) Well, let's just keep reading. Let's keep going. You are tracking with me. So let's look at the next few verses. He goes into the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. First thing to note, this is not a New Testament prayer. The new covenant we are given, doesn't go into effect until after the resurrection of Jesus. So this is kind of more like an Old Testament prayer. So it's not prayed, quote unquote, in Jesus' name, as we are to pray now. But he is teaching us how to pray as far as a model of prayer. So what does it start with? Glorifying God. Talking about how awesome God is. 
recognizing his power, his might. So instead of starting with your problems, you start by acknowledging that God is above all things, magnifying his name. So when you start your prayer that way, by the time you start asking about your own personal requests, they've already shrunk because God is huge and your problem is little in relation to how big God is. And that's an encouragement. And then your will be done on earth as it is in, te- in heaven. His will is not for us to be suffering with anxiety and depression and sickness. That is not how it will be in heaven. So yes, you can pray that that sickness is healed. You can pray that that anxiety is lifted. And you can pray that boldly because he says to pray that it, your, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he moves into give us this day. That's not really a request, is it? Give us this day? <laughs> Sounds more like a demand to me. But that's beautiful. That shows the grace of God that we can approach him in that way. That's like a kid wandering into the kitchen and saying, Mom, give me a banana. Or more likely, give me ice cream. <laughs> give me Ritz crackers. I do not get requested fruit a lot. But it shows that familiarity. It shows that comfort. You don't expect your kid to come to you and fall on their knees and apologize for how bad they were the day before and beg for a banana. That would seem crazy, right? This is the same thing. We should be so comfortable with God, trusting his provision, trusting his love, that he's there for us. So we're just reaching out and taking what is ours as his children. Pray for guidance around obstacles. Pray for help with your problems. Ask for wisdom. The book of James tells you, ask for wisdom and he will give it without finding fault. And then we end with a Thanksgiving sandwich. End with more Thanksgiving. The beginning, the end. It's less me-focused and more God-focused. It's not about me getting what I want, but it's about softening my heart to what God wants for me. Softening my heart towards God. This can be really hard if you see God as angry or you just don't really see him as good all the time. That was my problem. I didn't know what my problem was exactly, but at the root, it was because I didn't know God personally. I didn't understand his nature. So thanking him profusely for being so good felt fake to me at that time. This is where the Bible comes back into play. When you study the Bible, God will reveal himself to you in real ways, in ways that allow you to know his goodness, feel his love. And so then you can start thanking him authentically. It makes it possible for you to worship him in spirit and in truth, which it says we need to do. So for you to connect with him in prayer in a way that will transform your heart and mind and give you peace. You just need to get to know him. And that's where the Bible comes in. And isn't that what we're all looking for? So start with Thanksgiving. Ask for what you need because you know he loves you. You know you're his child. Glorify his name. End with Thanksgiving. Pray for God's will to be done on earth. Let me close in prayer today. God, thank you. Thank you for prayer. Thank you that we can talk directly to you. This is amazing. We as humans can speak to you as a spiritual being. 
and you hear us and you listen and you love us and you answer us and you care about us. It's amazing. I pray over every woman listening right now, God, that you would open their hearts to you, that you would reveal yourself to them, that when they read the Bible, they would get to know you. They would see your goodness. And when they see that goodness, it would make it so much easier for them to thank you and to magnify you and glorify you for your awesomeness. I thank you for life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all the families represented, God. I thank you for your word that we have it. We can read it. We can connect with you. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for Jesus. Just thank you. I pray blessings over every woman and every family. I pray for healing, healing of hearts, healing of minds, healing of bodies, God. I pray all those things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If this episode helped you in some way, it would mean the world to me if you would text it to a friend or share it with another mom who needs a breakthrough. And it would be a huge blessing to me if you could rate or review the podcast. That is how the word gets out, how more moms find me and how we can all share a little bit more of God's word with those who need it. Did you like the show? Did you learn something? If you enjoyed this episode, it would be awesome if you could leave our mom a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.